In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Its classic Gothic architecture stood proudly over East Grand Boulevard in Detroit, Michigan, its steeple and turret stretching to the sky. In its heyday, it had 1,500 communicants from the flourishing middle-class community surrounding it. If you passed by on a Sunday morning, you would hear the sound of the organ and the large choir singing its beauty, drawing you in. But by the early 2000s, Church of the Messiah had less than 40 members and carried the weight of an expensive building in disrepair. The neighborhood had dramatically changed with 36% of the population experiencing poverty. And the church had an impressive list of ministries to serve the needs of those communities, but their own struggle kept the threat of closing their doors front and center And their communal worship really seemed to be irrelevant to the neighborhood around them. It's a story that's increasingly common in the United States, especially in the Episcopal Church. This week and last week, I'm talking about church decline, that hard conversation that is often on a lot of our hearts and minds talking about the future of the church. Because recent statistics have projected that by 2050, if we continue the way we're going, there may not be an Episcopal church. And for a church population, Episcopalians, whose average age nationally is 69, that projection may not be such a surprise. And yet I have hope, because as I said last week, I firmly believe that as long as Jesus lives, the church is called to live, and the gates of Hades will not prevail. But at the risk of giving you some theological whiplash, this week I wanted to say something different. The church, in some way, is also called to die. Such was the theological whiplash our friend Peter experienced in this morning's gospel. You'll remember that last week, Peter was the all-star. He boldly proclaimed this revelation about who Jesus was. You are the Messiah, Peter said, the son of the living God. And Jesus praised him for it. Blessed are you, Peter. You will be the rock upon which I build my church. But this week, just a few verses later, Peter has a vastly different experience. Get behind me, Satan, Jesus tells him. You're not setting your mind on divine things, but on Human things. How's that for some theological whiplash? Peter the all-star. Peter, maybe not quite there. 
Jesus had just shared with Peter and the other disciples that he must undergo great suffering and be killed before rising again. And Peter, having just proclaimed Jesus to be the Messiah, now rebuked Jesus because he couldn't wrap his mind around what Jesus was saying. His expectations didn't match the expectations of Jesus. Peter saw Jesus as this incredible person whose ministry and mission would be really successful. He had hoped that he would bring, Jesus would bring back home rule to Israel and cast out the Romans. But here, Jesus was talking about the exact opposite, about suffering and death. Shouldn't Jesus' ministry be one of prosperity? And if that wasn't enough, Jesus continued, If any want to become my followers... Let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it. And those who lose their life for my sake will find it. Jesus was calling Peter and the other disciples to die. To die to their expectations of how a successful mission and ministry might look. To die to their wishes for power and influence. And in their case, perhaps even to literally die in service to Jesus and those that Jesus served. And Peter wasn't so sure that that's what he had signed up for. But Jesus had a bigger picture a bigger vision, a bigger design. Through love and through sacrifice, Jesus had his eyes on the salvation of all humanity. And Jesus knew that the path of life, the path of resurrection, lay through the way of the cross. And in order to see that greater vision, Peter had to first die to self. He had to let go of some things. Because Jesus, for Jesus, the measure of success is not wealth or power or popularity or influence. For Jesus, the measure of success is loving sacrifice. Today, 2,000 years later, we, the community, which was built upon Peter the Rock, we, the church, are in some way also called to die. We are called to die to our nostalgic expectations that we can go back to the way things were. We're called to die to the desire for authority and influence over society. We're called to die to the patriarchal systems which have kept us on top for so long. And we are called to follow Jesus and to take up the way of loving sacrifice in service to those around us. If we give all of our attention to trying to save the church as the way it has been, to preserve it just the way it's been, 
then, as our gospel passage will say today, we will lose it. But if we give up ourselves to the service of Christ in the world, then we will save it. Around 2008, the Church of the Messiah decided to do just that. Under the leadership of Pastor Barry Randolph, they let go of their traditional models of ministry and they tried something new. Oh, that's hard. They changed their service time. They, they changed the format of their services. They changed their music a little bit. They turned their focus not solely to the 40 people sitting in their pews, but to the hundreds of people that were just outside of their doors. They centralized their mission to care for the poor and lead them out of their experience of poverty. And it was incredible. I had a chance to interview Pastor Barry a few years ago, and you've never seen a church like this. You've never heard of one like this. They've got their worship, they've got their Bible studies, and now they also have feeding programs. They, they run a, a 200 low-income housing units. They have an incubation center for, for upcoming neighborhood entrepreneurs, a clinic, a solar-powered phone charging station. They have a marching band. They have become the internet provider for their neighborhood, for those who couldn't afford to have internet access. And with 300 communicants now, diverse members, 60% of whom are men under 30, the church lives. But to get there, they first had to die. They first had to let go of some of their expectations so that they could follow Jesus to new places. Good Shepherd is an incredible place. And thankfully, we're not worried about closing our doors anytime soon. But our culture is changing. And as we plan for the future, we too we'll need to let go of some things. I'm not even sure what they are at this moment, but we will have to let go of some things. We'll preserve a lot as well, but we too are called to die to ourselves and let go of some of our expectations about what church is supposed to be so that we can be ready to follow Jesus into a new life. Now imagine... Imagine the possibilities if we, like Peter, set aside our anxieties and attachments to the way we think things are supposed to be so that we can take up the bigger picture that Jesus is painting for us. Imagine what our communal life will be if we, if we measure our success not in terms of wealth or power or popularity, but in terms of loving sacrifice. Imagine. The church is called to live, even now. But if we want to live 
First, the church is called to die. Amen.